Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Mas, the official podcast of Somos Mas NM, and your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and the New Mexico Runners. My name, of course, is Seth Bill. Joining me this weekend, Senor Stuffy is back. Uh, Harry Austin is taking the week off. Senor Stuffy is here to fill in for Harry. Um, we might have a third chair here in just a few minutes. I don't know. That's not as unconfirmed. But we are working on getting a third chair potentially. Uh, welcome on in, everybody. It has been a big two weeks. Uh, Earl and I didn't get to talk last week on the podcast. We've been talking throughout the week on text. And massive, massive week for New Mexico United, especially as we head into the final weekend of the regular season. We've got a lot to get to, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Again, final regular final final week of the regular season is upon us. New Mexico United has a chance to make the playoffs. Still, New Mexico runners are right around the corner, guys. We've got so much going on here. Uh, but before we get into all of that, I mean, Earl, you're back. You're dealing with uh, some illness. You and your family. Uh, fill us in. How is everyone doing? How's everyone feeling? And uh, are you up for the challenge of filling in the the shoes of Harry Austin? Um, so let's, let's play this one backwards. Last time I took a week off, we had to find two people and the place was burnt down. That is very true. We did have to, we had two people come on last time you were out. Um, so I stopped taking time off. Last week I had to take time off because for the first time in four years, um, the vid finally found me, changed my address a couple times and he finally found me. Uh, so I was under the weather. We and then I d- decided to infect Marlena with my with my disease. So she got diseased with the vid too. That is not a um, euphemism, folks. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's not for another couple weeks. We we'll get her out. Um. Yeah, that's what he was talking about. Um, but other than that, I mean, besides the burning lungs, the flaming nostrils. And the nagging cough. I mean, I think we're fine. Yeah. Oh, good to hear. Yeah, it's uh, it was it was quite interesting. And we've discussed it on the show. We obviously talked to you know, throughout the past couple of years about coronavirus and how it affected everyone. You know, Jacob, Jacob and his wife came down with it. I had it at one point. My son had. You know, one of my sons had it. Um, my other my other my other son didn't. So, I mean, the fact that you've now gotten it four years. After it hit the scene, I mean that's it's quite amazing that it took you that long. But we are glad to hear that you and Marlena and Maya are all doing well. Um, glad to have you yeah. back on the show. Maya didn't get it, thank God. Yeah, yeah, that that's fortunate. Yeah, that is fortunate um, that, that she didn't. Um, you know, we we've known that it can be rough on, on folks as, as they get it. So, um, and other also a big week for you from a more personal standpoint. Your final fantasy team finally picked up a win. Yeah, it was, it's bittersweet. Um, I would love to have this first win happen two, three, maybe four weeks ago. Um, not when I was playing my fiance. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it would also have been nice to get this win when I wasn't also mourning the death of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and so this is something that I did want to ask you about, Earl. <laughs> Obviously, the the Monday morning overreaction has has spread like wildfire. Uh, some folks have said that Dak is done. I've never particularly been a huge fan of Dak and the way he plays. I don't necessarily 
think he's as good as some people think he does. I mean, and that was one of one of the big things that, that popped up around social media and th- the shows, you know, this morning and this afternoon and yesterday afternoon, or I should say yesterday. Um, how is your season outlook? I mean, obviously the 49ers are one of the best teams in the league. They played like it on Sunday. Dallas Cowboys, not so much. I mean, Dallas is going to play like Dallas. They're going to play good one week. They're going to play trash next. They're going to play trash next after, the week after that. And then they'll play good. Um, my personal opinion is Dak is trash. I've never liked him. Um, except for the first couple years. So that's kind of where I'm at with that one. Uh, and I do want to give a shout out to a massive like on our Facebook page right now. Um, over on the United Nation, uh, we do have New Mexico United owner Peter Trevisani liking our post for the day. Very cool. Very cool. Thank you, Pete, for the support. We do appreciate that. Uh, Earl, is it Trey Lance time in Dallas? I would have been happy to see Trey Lance this past weekend. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. And, uh, I mean, you weren't here last week. Again, we mentioned you were out sick with, with Corona virus. Um, Harry stepped in. We talked a little WWE. Talked a little wrestling. Uh, obviously, fast lane happened over uh, over the weekend, and Adam Copeland made his debut in AEW. A um, lot of things going on. Uh, new tag champions. What are your thoughts? Is WWE heading in the right direction with the new tag champs? Is Seth Rollins somehow never going to lose his belt again? You know, will Roman Reigns ever return to the ring? Uh, Roman will be back. Um, this coming Friday, which is going to be interesting because Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso just lost. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see that. Um, Cody will lose his belt probably to Drew McIntyre, I'm thinking. All right. And then Drew McIntyre will get cashed in on by... Um, Damien? Yeah, Damien Priest. Yeah. <laughs> um, as for the tag champs, I can honestly say I did not expect it. But I'm obviously a huge Cody Rose fan, as are you. Mm-hmm. Um, so seeing Cody Rose hold any kind of title makes me happy. Yeah. Um, I like I like seeing it with Jay Uso um, because now Cody Rhodes is now feeling a little bit Usy. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and I've mentioned it before, I do actually know Cody. I've met him, uh, grew up around him. So, uh, met Cody and Dusty and Dustin. So, yeah, super happy to see Cody pick up some some gold finally in WWE. And um, if you watch the press conference, those two were trash. It was pretty yeah, funny. They, were, they had some fun with that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it was a big weekend in sports, you know, um, up, up and down. I mean, it doesn't matter what you watch over the weekend, a lot of entertaining things. Um, I did tell you guys a bit of a personal note. I did tell you guys last week. Uh, we've talked about a little bit on the show. I am now didn't talk about this. I am now employed again. I have a new job starting on Monday, so excited for that. A little bit of personal news. Uh, nothing changes with the show. We will still be here every Tuesday night, uh, as long as United is going. And we will be doing content throughout the off season. So, um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a busy week uh, for us here personally. Uh, busy week for New Mexico United, and we'll go. I mean, we'll just jump right into it. You know, Saturday night out in Phoenix, New Mexico United 
decided to uh, go out and play probably one of the best games we've seen out of them all season long. Thank you so much, Shane. Do appreciate that. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible. That it took this long, you know, I mean, even if you look at Memphis, we played very well against Memphis. You know, I mean, obviously the red cards popped up that became an issue in, in that match, but here against Phoenix, I mean, we look good. This is what we've been looking for all season long. And, you know, here early on, you see that shot from near, um, near midfield from, from Zico Bailey forcing Ro uh, Roco Rios Nova, a young goalkeeper. I absolutely love, I think he's phenomenal. Um, forcing a, a save out of him here early on. And this really kind of set the tone for United throughout the night. They weren't afraid to take shots. They weren't afraid to, to run at Phoenix. And I think that made all the difference in this, you know, you saw the pressure throughout the game. Um, and I mean, Andrew Thomas had a great game. You know, there's a number of guys you can uh, you can point out has, as having great games in this, but this is what we've been waiting for. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you saw right there, Alex Thomas stood, or Andrew Thomas stood on his freaking head and did handstand handstand all night. Um, I do want to point out one thing. What's as to probably why we played so good and so much attack was we did not have one Schneider board again. Okay, so let me okay, so let me ask you this. Obviously, Borgelin on the red card from the Memphis uh from the Memphis or not Memphis uh, from uh Lucy. Lucy from the Lucy match. Sorry, I'm thinking ahead already. Um but you 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 throw Greg Hurst in there, a guy who also has not had much contribution all season. Did Greg Hurst make that big of a difference over Schneider Borgelin, or was there something else that paid off here for New Mexico United? I say yes. Um, Greg Hurst did play that much of a difference. I mean, yeah, when you look at it, apples to apples, they're, they have like similarities. They play like football, like soccer. Mm -hmm. But Hurst tries – to put himself in the position. Hurst actually plays the part to draw the defenders towards him because they know he can score. They know he's not going to take stupid half-ass shots. He's going to actually take a chance. If he gets it, he's going to take it. That's not what Schneider does. I mean, yeah, he got credit with an assist with, I think it was on with Lou City. Um... But the ball literally rolled off of his foot on accident because he couldn't control it into the waiting feet of, I think it was Sergio Rivas at the time. Uh, or maybe it was, it was Harry. It was, it was Harry, It was, yeah. it was Harry. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, that's what happened there. Harry or Schneider lost the ball, and Harry just happened to be in the right spot, right time, right place, right time, to be able to score a goal. Mm. Um so that's kind of where I'm at is, yeah, even though they play similar style soccer, Hursty draws defenders away from the ball to create one-on-one -on -one positions. I mean, to be fair, we've seen Borgeland do that as well. And I think you can make the argument here in this match that, 
that that Greg Hurst really didn't have an impact on this match. Like, yeah, he was there, but you you look at what you know what did he contribute here? You know, it's Amando Moreno and Justin Portillo, and and yes, Greg Hurst draws the foul. You know, that gives that that gets the penalty. And don't get me wrong, great run by Greg Hurst. You know, I think it was a great run. Um, and it was just a silly, silly foul by, by the rising defender, but you know, it's outside of that Hursty's contributions to this game. Kind of negligible. If you ask me, I think this is more on the play of Amando Moreno and Zico Bailey than anybody else. And yeah, I'm not saying that. I mean, Amando played his lights out. Zico, I mean, he, Zico, Zico. At this point, if we don't re-sign Zico to an extension, we're making a huge mistake. <laughs> oh, I think so too. I, I was talking to uh, someone at the club about this the other day. Like, of everyone we've signed, I think Zico Bailey is at the top of my list of guys that I want back next season. Like, one hundred percent. Him and Nikki. I mean, I, honestly, you could probably put Nikki one A, one B on that list, but. Uh, uh, you know, Zico has been absolutely incredible. You know, you, you see the effort he puts in night in and night out. And, you know, you see the the difference that he makes, whether it's out of the midfield or out of that back line. I mean, Zico's phenomenal. He, he really is. Like, he's, he's such a talented player. Like, I really want to see him come back in the spring. Yeah, 100%. Um, but going back to the whole Hursty thing, my thing is – Hurst wants the ball. Mm-hmm. Hurst wants to make a play. He just can't. Schneider doesn't want the ball. And he gets the ball on his foot. And then he can't. So it's a matter of how you want it. Like You want the ball, but you can't. Or you don't want it because you're lazy. And you still get fed the ball, but you can't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. Because I'm still waiting for a David Carl prediction to actually come true. <laughs> uh, if you're in the chat or you're listening, if you don't remember a few weeks back, David Weesey Carl did make a prediction that Schneider Borzon would score a difference-making goal for New Mexico United. Um, obviously, it hasn't happened yet. There is still, you know, this week against Memphis and then whatever happens, you know, beyond that. Um for him, for him to have that opportunity, but I, mean, I don't, I don't think it's a lack of want for the ball. I think, I think a lot of it comes down to, again, what we talked about all season, lack of service. You know, for the forwards, you look and you see, you know, these two goals that we scored here. Um, you know, the the first goal, and, and we'll back it up here in just a minute. And Sam shit housing there, um, <laughs> yeah. Just a lot of fouls in this match. Like this. Was- so here's my thing. I'm not a fan of time wasting. Mm-hmm. I'm not. It never plays out good for any team that winds up doing it. Um, but the time wasting from Andrew Thomas is phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. So you watch this play right here. You watch Harry. And uh, Aturo Astorga stand up Muhammad Traore here on the on the wing. And just the play by the way, Astorga's not like we haven't even talked about yet. 
Like he's the guy that I would I want to see him back next year too. And you watch it, they stand him up, they force that error out of Traore, and then this is all Amando. This is all Amando reading that pass, watching that lane, and this is a you know absolutely a you know when playing it out of the back goes wrong. And you know they were they were certainly you know you know tagged. See, but here's here's the thing with that play, and I'm not taking any credit away from Amando because Amando scored cool. If you watch this play right here on this replay. Mm-hmm. Right there alone, Hurst shuts down a key player of that play. Yeah, he'll be like, we'll show you guys what Earl's talking about. So you watch Hursty right here, and he cuts off this passing lane right here to to this defender. So he kind he, of is forced to make that pass across the pitch. Yeah. So and that's something we don't see Schneider do. Yeah, so yeah, going back, let's look at this. So what you watch this develop here, you watch the pass out. Look how many United shirts there are. And we're gonna get rid of that here. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six United shirts. By the time this pass is played, there may even be a seventh, but you see it all in this one quadrant of the field. And you look at the pass and you look at how little room, how little space Phoenix Rising had. And this is the press that the kind of press that we used to see that we would kind of float in and out of and was kind of effective at times, but this right here, it shuts down because you have the two rising players come together, Traore and this, and uh, I don't remember who this was, but they come together right here. There's nowhere for them to go there. They're both shut Wasn't down. When my whatever his name is. When my, uh, uh, possibly. When my, I'd have to look at it and see what well, we'll speed it up here and just take a look. See, they kind of come together. There's no pass open of air. You got Zico covering here. You've got Sergio covering here. You know, you've got Hershey covering here. And you've got Amondo here in the middle. You've got six United players. See, and with, and I want to say, if you leave it on this frame for two more seconds, if we have Schneider in there, Schneider is probably hanging out over here by the ref or already I, at midfield. I mean, possibly, but I, I would hope that you with, with, Coach Quill putting in this style of press, you know, you 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 would hope that Borgen would do what Hursty's doing here and pull this position, or at least you'll be in the in the attack in in Rising's defensive third here for the chance of making a play. Because like you said, they like I said, you know, Astorga and and Swartz just stand them up here, and there's just nowhere for Rising to go. And yeah, absolutely terrible pass by Muhammad Traore there. And again, you see as it as it advances, you know, Hurst, he's just there. He's just there in between. You know, I mean, and, and again, part of it's you know that, and, and maybe it is because you know Borgeland is still a young kid. He's 20, 21, I think we said last week. You know, he's a young kid. He is still learning, and so you know maybe it's almost a lack of experience. And, you know, we were, we were talking about this um, last week here, you know, where your next pro is not at the level of the USL championship. So the fact that he did so well at that level, I mean, maybe it's accurate, you know, maybe he was that much better than that level of competition. And he is having to adjust to the, to USL level uh, talent. But yeah, you just look at this here and you see, you just, you see the movements, you know, I mean, he might have had the outlet pass here, but then you know you've got Zico and Sergio right here, and Sergio's you know in between the the center back, and you've got Amando just waiting. Like you see, Amando, you know, Amando's engaged. He's turned. He's looking at that at that ball, you know, 
whether or not he actually know, I'm assuming he knows that this defender is here behind him, but the fact that he just steps in and reads that, like great play, Amando, great play by by Harry and and Astorga to 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 cut off uh, you know the outlet there. Great job by Hursty. I mean, it's really the positioning all around worked here uh, fantastically, and it's something that we really haven't seen a lot of, um, at least not to at least not be this effective. Yeah, I mean, we definitely, this past match, we definitely played lights out. We definitely played like our season depended on it. And I wish we would have saw this kind of play a month and a half ago, two months ago. I think we're in a better position with this two months ago mm-hmm. than we are with this two two matches left in the season. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, this is what we've been clamoring for all season. Like you, you see assertiveness, you see aggressiveness, you see, uh, you see quality passes. And now I know rising fans got really pissed off about this match. You know, they felt like they're, you know, they were definitely weren't getting the home field calls. Um, but I mean, and on, in all honesty, this ref lost control of this match. I mean, there were 12 right yellow. There were, I mean, it was bad from the, from the start, but I mean, there were 12 yellow cards in the second half of this match, counting the one showed the Mac. Like 12 yellow cards. That I mean, who, who it was Mac? I'm fairly certain it was Mac. Like, it wasn't listed on the, on the website, but you could see him go over. It was either him or Coach Stanford, um, one of the two, but because that's where he was, you know, directing it at um, on the bench there. But yeah, I mean, this was a very, very testy match. Obviously, you know, anytime. United and Ryzen get together. It is, and you know, if you listen to the broadcast, um, you could hear some of the Rising supporters, you know, not very happy with the way things were, were going down. And you know, you look at you just look at the defensive shape here, especially in the second half. I mean, here it's a very small moment here, and I'll back it up here just a little bit. But you watch this, this ball in. Look at the yellow shirts. You've got eight yellow shirts within. 12 yards right here compared to uh, four rising players. And then you've got Andy Thomas here in goal. Like the one thing, another thing that really impressed me was how compact we played, particularly in the second half. And, you know, you see a lot of teams tend to lose shape as they get, as they get lax and, you know, they, they play into the match and, you know, the later it gets, you know, guys tend to drift. That didn't happen. I mean, I encourage you to go back, watch the second half of this match. Watch how compact our defense stays. Watch how contained they are. And yeah, our defense, that. our defense second half looked incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of surprised we gave one up. But I mean, the one that went in. I mean, Andrew Thomas went low. He went high. So I mean, it's life. But regardless of that, every time that we would turn the ball over or make an errant pass. We we're right back on it. We didn't sit on the bad pass and let that defeat us. Yeah, this yellow here for Amanda was just silly. Like, I mean, absolute sell job by uh, Stenberg. I think is, is who it was. I mean, oh, yes, he was Amanda, waiting for it. Oh, he was, and yeah, you know, you kind of see the arm go up, but yeah, I mean, you watch this run here by Hurst. Like, this is probably the best run I've seen out of him all season. And I know some people were complaining about this call here, but I mean, there's there's no attempt to play the ball. Um, you know, he goes in, he, he clearly gets 
could Lee gets hers? And so you had a question about whether or not this was a red card. Um, yes, I was about to bring that up. So, because I know you brought that up in our in our group chat, and this is something that I kind of go back and forth on. Um, so when you look at at a red card for dog, so you have to look at a number of different things. You look at directionality, you look at opportunity, you look, you know, is he the last defender? And going back, and we'll pull it up here. Clearly, he's the last defender. Okay, I mean, we'll back it up even further. I'll show you. So. The argument here against Dogso is that, yes, he's the last defender, but you have this other defender right here who could potentially make the play on, make the play. Now, from this angle, I disagree because he this defender is behind the play. Now, is he relatively close? Yes. So I, my guess is the re- is that the referee is making this decision saying, okay, yes, Hurst is making the run. Yes, there's a foul here. But you again, at the point of contact, he's so far behind the play. I don't think you can not call this dog. So, I mean, he's going towards goal. Ball gets played back towards the center. Percy's not out of control. So I don't know. I, I for me, this is a dog. So that's that, why I asked. Yeah, that's exactly why I asked. I mean. The way I always looked at it was, and you broke it down more than where I could have. Um, the way I always looked at it was, Hursty and whoever that was were the last two. Mm-hmm. Meaning, if there's any kind of foul, some kind of card's coming out. Yeah, I I want to say if it's more in the playing field, more in the pitch, it might be a red. Because I know last year they hit uh, Yerzy with a red. Eight mm-hmm. minutes into the match because of uh, a one v one last man back. Uh huh. That ended up being res- uh, what well, ended up being in the incorrect call. If you remember correct, if you remember that was the incorrect call against Yearsy last year. So yeah, so I, I don't know. I still think this is Dogso, but yeah, I don't see how it's not. Um, and, and you know, we've talked about the show. I I am a U.S. certified referee. You know. Me looking at this, you know, from that perspective, and you know, I, I'm trying to look at this without any bias, you know, because we are United supporters, we are United Media. Again, the only thing that I can think of is that he's thinking that this defender here can is close enough to make the play. So it, he's looking at that. He's looking maybe he's too far out from the center of the area. But again, you know, if and I wish I could um, playback speed. Yeah, here we go. We'll we'll run it back at half speed. You know, you look at the. So you want again, you watch Hurst's directionality. So again, this defender actually pulls up, and you see Hurst making the run back toward the center of the box. So I don't know how you can't call this dog so other than he thinks that. Uh, when Mayor can make that play. But the thing is, from the directionality, the way that this play is being handled, if Hurst gets around Stenberg, he's got just the keeper. So, uh, you know, me watching this, because I mean, he's not out of control. He's there. He's making the play. He Hurst gets the touch on the ball. It's not like the ball's 10 yards ahead of him. 
So you can't even make that argument because he had control. He had direction. You know, he last defender. This is dog. So I would love to see the PRO video. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you've seen this, but, but uh, PRO, the professional referee organization, they put out a video on YouTube every week and they go over some of the more questionable calls. You know, they explain the decision-making and whether they think it was right or wrong. I would love to see if this made that video. I don't know if this video is out yet or not. I'm gonna, I'll look and see while we're talking. But to me, from my perspective, I'm that center. That's the only thing that I think is make, keeping him from making that a dog so. Because Flynn Mayor is relatively close. But, I yeah. mean, go ahead. Oh no! I like I said, I called it that night. Um, my first reaction to that was, "How is that not a penalty? How is that not a red?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, I I don't get it. I really don't. Um, like I said from my vantage point, from my from my knowledge, I think that is a red. Um, Let's see. Three days ago. I'm curious. So there is a, a there is a video up. Um, let me see. All right. So they've got the MLS review up on from Saturday. I don't see anything. Okay, so it's just okay. It's just uh, MLS apparently, but yeah, I don't see how this isn't because they do sometimes go over uh, USL matches on here. So yeah, I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know how this isn't a dog so, but um, I'm very curious. I, I can. So I, I am refing this weekend. I can ask some of the other uh, referees what they think, but I'll keep definitely keep an eye out on the pro uh, YouTube channel. I'll link that here in the chat because um, they do sometimes put up uh, reviews of that stuff. So, um, but I mean, we'll take it. We'll take the penalty. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I think it's a red, but you know, um, you know, United's fourth penalty of the year. It took we went twenty-seven matches without a penalty being called. And now within the last five matches, we've had three penalty kicks. And you know, our kicks from the mark, I should say. Um and Justin Portillo does what Justin Portillo does. Um a little bit uh a little iffier than I would have liked to have seen, but you know, off the inside the right cross uh, the right uh upright, you know, uh I think on that one, he changed his mind at the last second. He was mm-hmm. going to go left like he always does. And then he saw that Real Snowbo went left or went, mm-hmm. went yeah, to left. Yeah, you see him. Yeah. Yeah, you see Real Snowbo make the move. So, yeah, yeah I think you could be right there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, Justin, it's his fourth goal of the year, fourth penalty conversion of the year. Um, glad to see, you know, he's still on track there. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, it goes up 2-1 you know, late in the match, um, you think it's done. And then, I mean, you just see, you see the talent that rising has here. Um, you know, they, they get the ball off the turnover there at midfield. 
And I mean, really, you know, again, you see the compactness of the defense, but, you know, you see uh, Formella left alone there in the box. And I mean, it really was good ball movement by rising here to get that, to even get into that opportunity. But like, it's, it, it's a bit unfortunate, you know, just such a good game by, by Andy and the defense, but you know, a little one, two there back across the box. I want to say uh, there was a bit of a dummy on that. You know, let's see if we go back and watch it. So yeah, the one, two back across. Yep. But yeah, dummy there by Trejo. You know, Trejo, I'm surprised Trejo didn't take that ball. Um, but, and I think that's part of what pulled everyone off of, uh, kept everyone off Formella. But, you know, it, it is what it is, you know. I, I, Phoenix is one of the teams that, you know, they're, they're always dangerous. You know, they've got, you know, two of the top three scorers in the league this year. I'd have to double check the stats on that, but. Yeah, I mean, sorry, I was texting my brother. Um, yeah, I. We could speak all we want about this match, but the fact is, United played the best match when it mattered the most. Mm-hmm. Um, the defense was incredible. The offense was constantly there. Um, and even at the dying minutes, I mean, right now, 95 minutes in, we're still pressing the attack and making mm-hmm. sure we're trying to stop them. Um, and then here's Juan Guerra's dumb face asking about 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, the fact, I mean, so I, I felt like the seven minutes was warranted, but this game then went on for almost an, another three minutes, another like two and a half, almost three minutes, like which I think was ridiculous. And I mean, Brucey nearly got a third there. I mean... You love Brucey. Um, would have liked to have seen him get you know another one there, but yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it, you know, a very very good performance from the Mexico United, and like they mentioned earlier, this was without Nikki Hernandez. This was without Schneider Borgeland, and you know this, and honestly, everything that we needed to go right went right over the weekend. You know, you go back and you look at the results. Obviously, you know we pick up the win there. Um, you know, against Phoenix, you know, you look at the other results around the league, you know, Monterey Bay lost on Sunday night. Um, uh, um, sorry. Uh, you know, Monterey lost on Sunday, El Paso lost on Saturday, you know, uh, Oakland lost on Saturday. So like everything that we needed, RGV lost. I mean, everything went right. And now United is in the position to where, you look ahead to Friday against Matt against Memphis in the um, <clears throat> and the, the, the finale of, of the season, like United finally controls their own destiny here. And, you know, we, we thought of these last three matches, you know, that Phoenix was going to be the best chance, possible chance to pick up points. And now we're staring here with two wins in a row, chance to pick up a third and potentially finish seventh when two weeks ago it looked like things just weren't going to happen for us yeah there was a lot of a lot of good things that went our way seeing El Paso crumble and god I pray to god Oakland puts them to bed next week 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, uh, an Oakland win, El Paso was out, um, unless, of course, we lose. But, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. And, you know, you look at, you know, Memphis this week, you know, they're coming in, they're still fighting for a home playoff match. So, you know, there's it's a very real chance that um, – that we see Memphis's you know best eleven on Saturday on Friday night I should say out of the lab for for blackout night, um, you know Memphis there you know they can they just blank they just uh, shut out uh, El Paso last weekend four and ill, uh, they have a four two win over Tampa Bay Rowdies they've got you know they've got a four two win over Hartford Athletic this is a club that can score, you know they they put a lot of goals past a lot of people here recently, and. You know, so there is reason for concern here. But given our form here in these last two matches, I mean, maybe we're revising our, our predictions for this week. I don't know. I mean, you know, looking at Memphis, what what is it, you know, that, that has to go right for United on Saturday or, or Friday? I keep saying that. I'm so used to said this Friday night match is so strange. Um, what is it that has to go right for United against Memphis on Saturday, on Friday? We have to mimic what we just did. We have to come out, attack the ball, whether it's on offense or defense, um, and score quick. That's exactly what we need. Um, I prefer us not to score on penalty kicks. I prefer to be actual actual goals that Phoenix fans aren't going to cry about. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, I can give you the dummy answer. I'll give you the 2022 Earl answer. Okay, what's what do, that? What do we have to do to come out with a win? Score more goals. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly what United has to do. Score more goals than the opponent on Saturday. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, Memphis is a team. Yeah, again, they're extremely talented. You know, Philip Goodrum, Arrigo da Costa. I mean, Sayadu. I mean, it's... Emerson Hindman, who you know I, I played for Atlanta United last season, um, you know they've got some they've got some talented players over there, and you know they are an extremely dangerous side. Now, obviously, playing at the Lab <clears throat> for United is you know where it's kind of where we want to be. You know, we want to be at home. We want to be in front of the faithful. I have a feeling we're going to see twelve thousand on Friday night, which is a big ask, particularly with Balloon Fiesta in town, but. I think this is one of those things where, you know, you know, how do you could clinch? And a win is the easiest way in for that. But, you know, you, you look at the way we played, and I think there's a very real possibility that, you know, like you said, score more goals. We've got to control the pace. We've got to be aggressive. And, that, and that's, you got to start with the midfield there. You got to start with the midfield. You know, Nikki Hernandez coming back from the suspension. You know, you look at how, uh, Astorga has been playing. You look at the job that Sergio Rivas did on, on Saturday night. You look at, uh, you know, how Mondo played coming out of the midfield. I, I think there's a very real chance that we do pick up this third one in a row, given what we've seen lately. Yeah. I mean, our form is crazy. I mean, we're so un inconsistent that it's not even funny. Um, 
sorry, I was texting my brother again. Um, but like I said, if we come out and we play the exact same game we did, um, it would be nice to see a Chris Weehan return. I don't know how likely that is. Um, but obviously we will have Nikki back. Um, so Nikki playing against the Rodrigo da Costa midfield of Memphis. I mean, I'm okay with that matchup. Yeah, I think that would be a really interesting one. You know, uh, the Costa and, and Nikki Hernandez going against each other. I think that'd be really, really interesting. Um, you know, I, I think Nikki's a bit better defensively than he is. Um, I also think he's, um, uh, while he's not quite the goal scorer, I think Nikki's defensive ability and his, you know, his ability to play in space and play at people is better than the Costa. But yeah, that's going to be an interesting matchup to watch on on Friday night. Um, but the good the good part about it is any yellow card accumulation after Friday night goes out the window because now it's a fresh. No, I it carries I over. It, I didn't think it carried over. Yeah, if you're suspended heading in the, the playoffs, it carries over. Right, but like yellow card accumulation does that? Oh yeah, the, the accumulation itself go you know stops. But if you like, say you pick up that accumulated accumulation there in the last week, it's going to carry over. So yeah, we certainly don't want that. But yeah, I'm saying um, like if there are like three and you need five, then obviously you stop at three. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be an interesting match. Um, so if you if you don't already have tickets, please go get tickets. Get out there, blackout night, support New Mexico United. I will be there. Earl will be there, and uh, word rumor has, has it, it our baby faced friend Jacob would be there too. That rumor has it that Jacob will be there as well. So I'm gonna put this out there right now. If you're watching the show right now, if you are live with us right now. Okay. I'm and Earl, I didn't I, I haven't told you about this yet, but if you can find Earl between the between the 15th and the 25th minute of the match on, on Friday, Somos Moss will buy you a kit. So Earl, you're gonna be down. I, if you can be down on the concourse somewhere between the 15th and the 25th minute. If you're watching the show right now, if you find Earl, Somos Moss will buy you a kit. So there's there's a thing, okay. So that way maybe maybe we get a couple more seats in the stands. You know, uh, the, the the premise of buying kids. So here's the here's the, you got to take a picture with Earl, and tag us Facebook or, or Twitter. Okay, that's the deal. Fifteen. Yeah, I will. We will even have your. We'll even have the Facebook link ready to go. We'll even put it on our page. Yeah, that's what we'll do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, find Earl between the 15th and 25th minute on Friday night. We will, Somos Moss will buy you a kit. So that's, that's, that's our deal for Friday night at Blackout Night. Um, but, I mean, looking at this match, I mean, we, we talked about a couple of the key matchups. We talked about what United needs to do. Earl, what's your score prediction for Friday night? Um, I'm actually going into this one really confident. I'm mm-hmm. thinking 2-0. Uh, two no, interesting. Okay, um, I would love it to go with a clean sheet. I, I'm I'm confident about this as well. I'm confident, 
I, I feel like we're playing well. Um, you know, especially with the form we've had the last two weeks, you know, this is something that we've been waiting all season to see. And finally now here at the, at, at the close of the season, you know, we're, we're getting the form, we're getting goals, we're getting aggressiveness. You know, it's, it, it's really, it's really, I wish it was early. I wish we saw this earlier this season. I wish we saw it more consistently throughout the season. Um, maybe we wouldn't be in this position. I would love to go into a final weekend already having a playoff position clinched, <laughs> you know, um, I would love to not be on pins and needles for you know, the last you know quarter of the season. Uh, the last have we the last actually ever clinched before the end of the season? No. Or the last um, so I think two years ago we like we we were like five points clear, but it came down like the last couple of weeks, um, or it might have come down to the last week. You know, there at the end. So, um, but yeah, it was a, it, it wasn't comfortable. Like I think we finished fifth. But it wasn't it wasn't comfortable. Um, like it came down like the last week or two. But um, again, I, I, I'm confident in the way that we're playing. I like what I've seen. I think having Nikki back is going to be tremendous for the midfield. I'm going to say, I, I'm going to say two one because just something's going to happen. We're going to give up something, and I'm not. It's not a slight on Andy. It's not a slight on it. it. Like with that, like with that rising goal, you know, just great ball movement at the end. Um, They'll pick, you know, I think Memphis picks up one somewhere, but I, I do think we win this game. I'm going to go two one United over Memphis. We clinched the playoff spot without needing any help from anybody else. But while we're at it, we'll talk playoff scenarios. So I did the breakdown. Nicholas Murray has a much prettier version over on USLChampionship.com. Um, so I will not show my handwriting. I will, however, show. Nicholas Murray's breakdown over on uslchampionship.com. Seth doesn't know how to write. He can't spell. <laughs> I that, That's probably accurate. Um, but for New Mexico United here, you know, like we said, the clear and easy way New Mexico United wins versus Memphis 901. Doesn't matter. We win, we're in. That would you know, obviously make us clear of Oakland, Monterey, and RGV. Now, there are, there are other scenarios that are available to United for a for a path to the playoffs if we don't win. If we draw against Memphis, that puts us on 44 points. And El Paso loses to Oakland, they end on 44. The head-to-head tiebreaker is applicable inapplicable because it's one and one, even goal differential. Then we would take the tiebreaker on points per conference, points per game in conference by 0.05 points per game, okay? It's that tight. Or Oakland loses or draws with El Paso, and they end on 43 or 42 points. And Monterey Bay draws loses versus Orange County. So starts to get a little bit trickier here, okay? So again, it's either of these two scenarios. We draw and El Paso loses. Or... We draw, and Oakland draws and draws or loses, and Monterey draws and loses. Okay, now looking at these scenarios here, it is very realistic that Oakland beats El Paso, and it's also very realistic that El Paso draws or beats El, uh, Oakland Roots because we don't know who's going to show up 
And I mean, obviously El Paso is the, the dumpster fire that they are after losing four 0 to Memphis last week. Um, and Monterey Bay, I mean, there's no telling what Monterey Bay shows up. Um, Orange County, uh, I would like to see Orange County win this one. I think Orange County does have the edge against Monterey Bay here. Um, so I would put, I would be willing to bet Orange County picks up the win against Monterey. The other scenario here, United can get in with a loss. Now, this is obviously the least desirable path here. Um, if we lose on Friday night, we need Oakland to lose, Monterey to lose, and RGV to lose. So, again, all three of those could potentially happen. But it's obviously the least desirable path. Again, United controls their own destiny. A win and win. So, I mean, this is essentially a playoff game. For the Mexico United, I mean, if you want to go back and look at it realistically, you know, the last three weeks, of, you know, the last couple weeks have all been playoff games for us. But I mean, this is it. We win this weekend, we have a chance to go win the cup. Now, where we end up and who we get in the first round of the playoffs, we don't know yet. It would either be Sacramento. San Antonio, Orange County, or San Diego. <laughs> um, I So it, it's up in the air. We finish eighth, we get Sacramento. We finish seventh, we don't know who we get yet. Um, but we will know later this week. Uh, we will know, actually, we won't know until Saturday night um, who we get. Go down and look at the schedule for this weekend. Yeah, because we're the only Western Conference team in play on Friday. So if we don't win Friday, there's going to be a lot of hang ringing, a lot of nerves on Saturday as we wait for these games to get underway. Um, you know, it's, I mean, you got the, the later matchups here. You had a four o'clock kickoff for RGV. You've got the six o'clock kickoff for Monterey Bay. You've got the six o'clock kickoff for Oakland and El Paso. So a lot of hand ringing on Saturday if United does not win on Friday. So that's where we're at. And I mean, we'll obviously be back next week either way to, to break down the final ma- the final regular season match and hopefully with a playoff preview. Earl, do you have any closing thoughts on, on this week's show before we get out of here for the night? No, I don't. I don't have any closing thoughts. Um, United has me in some weird funk where you win some, you lose some. United likes to lose them more than they win them, and they like to win them when they matter, I guess. Yeah, apparently. Um, it, it's been amazing to see the turnaround and the level of play these past two matches. So, um, It'll be really interesting to see what happens on Friday night. Again, Earl will be wandering the concourse between the 15th and 25th minute. If you find Earl, take a picture Put it on Facebook, tag us. Put it on Twitter, tag us if you find them. Uh, one lucky person uh, will get a kit on behalf of Somos Mas. Um, so that's it. Blackout so on, on that on that topic, <coughs> excuse me. Um, if more than one of you find me at the same time, we will need to come up with a plan 
<laughs> I don't think anyone finds me, which would be nice because I don't know where this kid's coming, which which funding source this kid's coming out of. So don't worry, about, I got that taken care of. Don't worry about that. So oh, okay, yeah, uh, funding has been secured for that. So don't worry about that. Funding is secured. That's good to funding know. Funding is secured. Yes, we have a kit. So um, have funding secured for something. Don't you stress so, your pretty little head? Uh, yeah, fine. Or we will buy it, or we'll buy it for you on the spot. That's what's gonna happen. So, <laughs> I said, funding is secure. Don't worry about that, Earl. Yeah, funding is secure. So, okay, I, I trust you. All right. Um. So yeah, there it is, folks. Friday night blackout night at the lab. If you don't have your tickets already, get your tickets and get out of there. It should be a really good match against Memphis Nine Hundred One FC. Uh, super talented club. You've heard our predictions this evening. We think United is going to go through and make it to the playoffs on their own volition without needing the help of anyone else. So Friday night at the lab, we'll see you there uh, for, for Earl, for myself, for Jacob, for everyone in the chat tonight, Jane, thank you so much for being here uh, for Marlena uh, being in Earl's ear all night uh for for melanie for chiming in thank you guys so much for for being here appreciate each and every one of you uh you can catch the podcast live later in the week so um yeah before you before you take off okay um i do need to admit that i i have a question okay has there ever been a team that got a hundred points in USL, in no. no, USL championship, no. Um, the the record was actually, I believe, rising a couple years ago. At eighty one, I think that's what it was. Yeah, and that that was a stellar team. Yeah, yeah. I so, mean, um, you, you would have to go. I mean, thirty four matches. Yeah, you would have to go undefeated to get a hundred points, essentially. Um, so with that, um, now that the show is ending. Um, I do want to point out that you, sir, did not find the two secret words of the week. <laughs> okay. What were the secret words of the week? The first one was a hundred. Because Maya loves me a hundred. <laughs> and the other one was stellar, which I just used. Okay. I mean, there you go. I mean, you threw those in there right at the end. So... Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I wouldn't have thought anything about a hundred because, you know, it's, uh, it, it is a possibility, although however unlikely. So. Yeah. When you have the producer in your ear, um, looking at you, like, are you going to say the word? And you, know, <laughs> you realize you haven't, you're like, shit, I fucked up. Yeah. There you go. So, uh, there are your words of the week, folks, a uh, hundred and stellar. So. Uh, on behalf of everyone, thank you guys so much for being here. Appreciate each and every one of you. Again, podcast will be live on podcast feeds later this week. Um, so go give that a listen, like, share, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And until next time, somos unidos. You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL, and the New Mexico Runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bidoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. 
All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity.